the Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Worldview Media Podcast, where Gordon and Joyce Runyon view popular media through the lens of the biblical five-point covenant model to help believers appreciate and apply principles of exciting narrative and engaging storytelling. Hey, it's the Worldview Media Podcast. Thank you for joining us. We are broadcasting live from the back of a giant armored rhinoceros. What? (laughs) (laughs) It's a bumpy ride. (laughs) (laughs) He's uh, grazing slowly. Okay. Not a fun ride. (laughs) Uh, I'm your host, Gordon Runyon. With me is Joyce Runyon and Carmen Runyon. And on line one, friend of the podcast and superhero consultant... (laughs) Dylan Sanchez, hello, sir. Hello. Y'all need to say hello. Hello. Oh, you kept going. Hello. Oh, yeah. yeah. There was no pausing. Uh, right, just, right. Just run us over. I just on barreled that right over you. That rhino just kept going. <laughs> okay, I didn't get hit with a horn or yeah. something. And then on line two, we have a giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> you mess with the rhino, you get the horn. <laughs> One. <laughs> Uh, let's see. What are we doing? We're doing the Black Panther. Oh, I thought it was rhinos. <laughs> <laughs> We're going on safari. Black Panther. And on line two, special treat for uh, Dylan Sanchez. Oh, no, a special treat. Dylan, you didn't even know. Yeah, no, I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> on line two, joining us, brand new friend of the podcast. Oh, no. King T'Challa himself. Chadwick Boseman. I can't believe it. Hey, it's glad. It's so great to have you on. I'm all stammering and and nervous to talk to you, sir. And uh, we just want to get the first obvious question out of the way. How did we get you on the show? <laughs> What's it like when that armor jumps out of the necklace and just covers your whole body, uh, Mister Boseman? Hello. Oh, no. Uh, this keeps happening. I think it's you. <laughs> Stop pushing buttons. Oh, man. Did somebody push a button? You were talking to him. <laughs> he must have pushed a button. As well. <laughs> Call us back, your highness. You've what got my number. What was the question? I, what's it like when he presses oh. the button and the armor comes out of his necklace and covers his whole body? And well, like you didn't finish instant. it. You just said covers your whole. Oh, oh. <laughs> he probably thought you died. He hung, he hung up. <laughs> well, you could have at he least hung up. finished. <laughs> finished the question. He didn't even let me finish the question. I guess he didn't like your. I question. don't think I like this guy. I, I don't like think he guy. likes your question. That's that's probably all a like. private question, Mister like Bozeman. Just just forget it. We're done. <laughs> you can go get your free publicity somewhere else <laughs> other than the Worldview Media Podcast. Oh, you're so harsh. All right, so we're talking Sorry, about... Dylan. <laughs> we'll blame it on Gordon. I know you would have enjoyed talking to him, but... He's a busy guy. You're right, and he has that weird uh, accent. I already have, so... <laughs> oh, wow. All right. <laughs> so we're talking about the Black Panther... Uh, brand new in the theaters. The latest in the Marvel series of movies. Mm-hmm. Right. Much controversy surrounding this film. Yeah, no. Uh, well, apparently. I think the controversy is a little bit 
exaggerated. Exaggerated. I think. Yeah. I think the reason that some people are very excited about this movie is legitimate, but I think the reason that people are being crazy. Oh, this is blah blah blah. Like, is, <laughs> is a little bit unnecessary. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll get into some of that as we get into the worldview section. Uh, for now, let's talk about just as a viewer watching the Black Panther. What did you think of it? We'll let. Uh, our young Mr. Sanchez go first. What are your thoughts, uh, sir, on the Black Panther? It was awesome. That's all I gotta say. Oh, wow. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I put it up there, like, high up on the spectrum, for sure. Really? All right. What was it that you liked about it? Why, why such a high rating? Well, for one, I really like how uh, much of a different take Marvel took on it, because it's not your typical Marvel movie not full of all the humor and like it's not so much of a light movie it's, it's darker um and they actually did good with the villain and most of the villains aren't so good um i really liked i mean i, I just it's just different and it was, but it was a good difference <laughs> yeah yeah it was a really pretty movie there were a lot of really oh yeah Really nice oh, yeah. shots. Especially, yeah, especially for a high, highly uh, CGI movie. They did really good. Yeah, I think that's probably right. All right, our other resident superhero expert. The in-house. Um, I I really do like this movie a lot. Um, uh, it's important to note that uh, canonically where this falls is about a week or so after... The original um, of Civil War, yeah. yeah. So this is this is a little bit more recent than what we've seen. Um, some of the people are putting For Thor, the yeah, they're putting Thor um, after this. So we've got Thor that we've seen first, but it's actually supposed to be timeline afterwards. Oh. Um, so this is happening within a week of his father being, you know, murdered. The tragedy, yeah, the tragedy. The Avengers have all been like scattered and stuff like that. So that's kind of something to take into it. Um, so now, if it's after that movie, mm-hmm. you know, they all kind of worked it out and got it together mm-hmm. and on the same page. Mm-hmm. So is it really just a week after? I mean, I thought the timeline was a little bit longer in... Uh, uh, from what I've seen, it's maybe a week or so. Because when the movie opens, it opens up with a news report of his father being murdered at the mm-hmm. the thing. Okay. You know, so that's one of the very first things you see him in is he's in the plane and it's, you know, this well, stuff. So he, it's pretty soon after that. Um, and I mean, depending on like the severity of the news, they might keep replaying that for however long, but within, yeah. it's, it's not going to be, yeah, yeah, it's not going to be six months that they're still playing this video yeah. footage. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, but I really do like this movie a lot. Uh, I think Dylan is right. It's, um, it's not as like, you know, it's not like Ragnarok, like slap your knee, like this is crazy. You know, <laughs> there are some points in it that are really funny, but this, uh, it's more serious. It's a more serious movie. It's more, um. The whole feeling I got off of it was very—it was a very clean movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it was very just very stable. You know, you don't have you don't have to put a lot of effort into like, oh, what's going on, and like, here's this crazy plot twist. Yeah. But it's very—I thought it was very satisfying just watching it that everything made sense and lined up, and you're mm-hmm. like, ah, yes, that's what should have happened. Yeah. Do you have something else to say, Dylan? Oh uh, yeah, I was gonna say that. Well, I mean. It'd be kind of hard to say this without spoiling it because like, it, has, it deals with the after credit scene. I, I hope you guys saw the after credit scene. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Spoiler alert! <laughs> Can I spoil that? I mean... 
No, go ahead. Okay, well, because, you know, in the end, we see, you know, Winter Soldier walking around. And, like, my thing is, at the end of Civil War, we saw that they put him in, like, this, this sleep, you know? And, like, for the timeline, like, it is, to me, it seems like that's really early for them to already, like, to take, take him out of this sleep. But it's Wakanda technology. I mean... Yeah, they do everything in, like, no time They fix this guy's vertebrae in (laughs) under a night, you know, and And for the rest of the world. Yeah, the rest of the world that's, like, you know, you get shot in the spine, one of your vertebrae is shattered. You don't walk anymore, you know, if you're lucky. That's a good point. That's a good point. And I think you actually have some time pass in the actual movie. Yeah. So it's not all just, like, it's a week later, and then it's a week later. I mean, I think there's a little bit more. And there's nothing that says that this, that end credit scene is during that week, or it's even, like, directly after that week. That could be however long it is later. Yeah. You know? That's yeah. true. So. I was thinking he should have an arm with their technology. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta right, take it slow kinda, with this guy. What kind of freaky arm is he gonna get? I don't know. Colson has cool a pretty arm. good one. Yeah, I guess that's right. <laughs> so what about you, Dad? Gordon? Gordon Dad? Dad Gordon? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Runyon? <laughs> I, you know, I liked the movie, but I'm not sure I would put it in the top five Marvel movies. Uh, well, maybe right around top five, but... <laughs> you know what? <sighs> you know, Marvel is getting so big, it's hard to have like a top five yeah. for the whole thing because you've got all yeah. the Avengers, yeah. you've got Iron Man, right. you've got Spider-Man, you've got Thor. I mean, you've mm-hmm. got all of these to put in five. That's that's hard. Now, I would say that <laughs> when Spider-Man Homecoming came out, I thought that was really good, but I think this is better mm-hmm. in just in terms of kind of being an origin story uh, with... It's referring to the origin story. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Um, Yeah. So for an origin story type of movie, I I really thought it was good. Really good. And I like the fact that the villain wasn't like some overpowered weirdo like Apocalypse or something like that. He was just a dude with... Just the same, yeah. With, with the beef, uh, is what it was. Yeah, with the <laughs> with the serum and and all that. I mean, he had he had some advanced stuff going on, but he wasn't like Thor, one of those. Yeah. Well, and then the advanced stuff that he had too is the same advanced stuff that the good guy has. Right. You know. So that was interesting. They fought once without the superpowers, and then they fought again when they both had the superpowers, and then it was interesting to see the different outcomes there what did that mean did that mean the black panther was more able to deal with the with the power was that uh well, it's a, no, I, I think, think there's go ahead dylan i think uh that meant that he was prepared he knew who he was going against and i think in the first fight he was pretty pissed off the way you know he came across and with good reason but he let his emotions get to him mostly, and then he ended up being defeated because he was so caught off guard. And now he knew he was dealing with the second time, so he was able to use, you know, the surroundings and just his mind against him. Well, and it's also a, a like a what you're used to thing, that Killmonger is, you know, he's a practice soldier. He's used to 
fighting the way that he fights, you know, yeah. without having any sort of powers. Whereas T'Challa's probably been, you know, raised to be the Black Panther for however long. So he's yeah. used to fighting in this vibranium suit, and he's used to having the enhanced stuff. But that he goes hasn't had it. the suit long. He ha- well, he hasn't had the suit long, but. I'm I'm saying that T'Chaka probably hasn't been running around in the Black Panther suit for a while. You know, he's kind of an old know. dude at the end. <laughs> he I probably mean, has he, some reinforced support in that yeah, suit. Got some, <laughs> got some vibranium spandex in there. You know, but I'll take one. <laughs> <laughs> we can do it. We have the technology. Well, I think there's a little bit of difference in his mindset when he goes in the second time. Because he's found out about this cousin, yeah. this cousin who he knows has been treated wrongly and has been treated badly, and I think he feels bad for him, and and so I think that kind of interferes with how he approaches this this challenge. Well, and also that it's his, it's not just that this is his cousin; it's that his dad has screwed over his cousin. You know, yeah. his dad that he's spent his whole life. You know, oh, you're my. You're my role model and my hero, yeah. my idol. I want to be like you. Yeah, and then it's like, <laughs> hey, you're actually like not so good. Not so good. These are bad things. And he straight yeah. up tells him like, how could you do this? Yeah, he's all, eh, you know, you do what you gotta. Yeah, that's not a good reason. Yeah, but we didn't even do like a little story thing. Normally, you do a little. This is the way the story goes. Oh well, we just jumped right into it. Yeah, we just jumped right into it. That's fine. We don't need to. <laughs> We don't need to recap it, I guess. All right, then. But, uh, let's see. I think I'm getting a little bit tired of Marvel movies in the technology where the the tech can do whatever they want it to do. You know, in, in like, Iron Man 3, mm-hmm. the little pieces of armor can all levitate and go wherever they need to go, you know, and jet around. And, yeah. And it just seems like, Every time they do something technology-wise, the the tech can do whatever they want it to do. You know, there's like no practical limits for what Iron Man can cook up or what Black Panther's sister can cook up. They, yeah. Geniuses. Well, yeah, I kind of see what you're saying. But if you look at the original Star Trek series, <laughs> yeah. when they started off with all these crazy little phaser guns and these little communicators that were really small yeah. that you could see people and talk to them on. And, you know, we have people with iPhone watches that kind of do the same thing. And so yeah. that was kind of far-fetched for that time as well. But you see that I really think that there's something with if we can think it up here, then maybe we can think it up in reality and yeah. make it a real thing. Well, and then, like, the remote piloting thing that they do with, like, yeah. the cars and stuff, that's not yeah. That's not impossible. Like, there is right. remote piloting for planes and cars. You know, we call them drones and stuff like that. But they, it does exist. And I think Google, at least, is working on a self-driving car, you know. So it doesn't need a driver. You just tell it where it go, and then it goes by itself. So it's not... It's not impossible. It's almost like you. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I'm your self-driving car. Um, but it's, I think you're right that a lot of the stuff is a little outlandish, but it doesn't mean it can't be someday. It's something to shoot for. So you're saying I'm just getting old. And, well, maybe. I'm just... Uh, I think that's what you're hearing. <laughs> and that's you what may I'm feel like that. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> just because I yell at kids to stay off my yard and can't you're not, stand any of the new music. You're not uh, even up long enough for the kids to be out of school to be in your yard. 
Hey, early to bed, early to rise. <laughs> All right. Uh, any other overall comments on this? Anything we haven't touched on? Well, I I liked the movie. I thought it was really good. Yeah. I wondered a little bit, just because this is pretty much exclusively a black cast, Yeah. how I would feel about that. And it was just because everything that we see on the big screen is really not representative of our population. Yeah. You know, most of our sitcoms are white middle class people. <laughs> or like <laughs> most white of our rich movies. people. Yeah, I mean, and so it was kind of interesting to go into a movie that was just completely flipped in that regard. And like, I was good with it. It wasn't a problem. And I just have always wondered how it is to, and you know, even for myself, I look at those sitcoms and it's not really who I am either, but I don't, uh, you know, I still watch them. And so I just kind of thought that would be an interesting thing to sit and be a part of. Yeah, that's one of the controversies that we'll probably get into later, but, you know, people saying, oh, nobody's going to relate to this and stuff like that, but I'm going to tell you something. (laughs) With those warrior ladies that are up there, you know, kicking butt and taking names and being like, oh, you know, and like, oh, yes, he froze, just being sassy like that. I'm like, that's what I want to (laughs) be. You know? Like, those are goals right there. You know, I had no problem relating to these characters. It's not, it's nothing like that. These, these are some cool people I want to hang out with them, but I know I'm not cool enough. <laughs> you know, they're the, they're the cool kids at lunch, and I'm like, hey, what's up, guys? Yep. Oh, you're plenty cool. No. Who wouldn't want to hang out with you? I just dropped a Dalek a couple minutes ago. Yeah, don't do that again. <laughs> I said a doll, it's a Dalek. I said a Dalek. I heard you say a doll. I thought, don't talk like Under-enunciated. <laughs> uh, in terms of acting, I felt like... Uh, all joking aside, Chadwick Boseman did a really nice job. I really yeah. liked his portrayal of yeah, there was a guy who's depth. trying to balance yeah. being a king and being a superhero. And yeah. I really, yeah. I felt like he did a good job. And yeah, you can really see good. some of the stuff that he's learned in Civil War in there too. That he's trying, he's not trying to like take revenge and stuff. That he's trying to, you know, talk like even when he's talking to Killmonger and stuff like that. Like, hey, we can take care of you. Like. This doesn't have yeah. to be how it ends and stuff like that. And, you know, that he, uh, when he's fighting all of his people, you know, and his, all of his challenges, he always tells them to yield. You know, yeah. he knocks him down. He's like, okay, you're down. Just go ahead and stop and we can be done. Like, it's fine. Yeah. You know, and that he, uh, the Mbaku's people, mm, yeah. you know, the monkey people, that they, you know, he he's the one that brings them back into yeah. The fold and stuff like that. part of the five instead of just the four. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he was great. Great. Good job. All right. All right. Anything else before we take our break and come back and talk more of the burning issues surrounding Ooh, the movie? Burning. <laughs> All right. We'll be back I, in I a like second. Oh. Comic accurate. Oh, you, you thought it was comic accurate? Is that right? There, yeah, there were some things that in the comics that, you know, like, I predicted some things. I was like, I, I, like, I knew this was going to happen. Oh, wow. All right. <laughs> well, wherever you place this movie on the list of Marvel movies, can we all agree that Killmonger is the stupidest name we've encountered yet? So, <laughs> Killmonger. Uh, Killmonger is one of the characters that's kind of been adapted for this. Uh, in the original comics, his name is Eric Killmonger. 
and oh, they, that's his actual that's name. his actual name. So oh. it was stupider. Yeah, it was stupider, but then they changed it to Eric Stevens, mm. aka Kim Oh, Walker. okay. Well, and he's also he's also not originally the cousin. Yeah. All right. He's just a dude. Oh, that finds out stuff, huh? Eh. All right. <laughs> well, then let's try to take our break again, <laughs> and we'll be right back. All right. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows. Or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His Kingdom. Are you interested in Christian education? Would you like to learn how to be a Christian teacher or how to run your very own Christian school with success? The GCS Apprenticeship Program can help. Learn more on our website at gcsapprenticeship.com. And we're back. Worldview Media Podcast, part of the Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network. Your one-stop audio shop for all your dominionizing needs. <laughs> now on sale. <laughs> With free coupons. We're back to talk worldview and thematic issues surrounding the movie Black Panther. Now this movie has quite a bit of social media controversy surrounding it. And I purposely didn't read or pay any attention to that before I went into the movie because I just wanted to see I wanted there? to watch it clean and see if anything they did struck me and frankly I go into a lot of movies kind of suspicious that Hollywood's <laughs> gonna preach Slip some in, propaganda yeah. to me and stuff so I was kind of on high alert for that and so Carmen Name one of those controversies. <laughs> one of those controversies. It sounds like a game show. Um, I think one of the controversies that people have had with this are some of the political uh, ramifications with it. So the big uh, national conflict in Wakanda is that this is a, you know, it's a very advanced society that mm -hmm. they've kind of progressed past the world. The world. You know, yeah. that they're they're on the absolute top. Mm -hmm. But the rest of the world believes that they're on the bottom. Yeah. And uh, Wakanda's thing is that they are going to keep themselves to themselves. You know? Yeah. They're not going to share their technology with other people. They're not going to do anything with other people. But they're also, you know, they're not going to be involved with, you know, their politics or something like that. Which means that they don't, um, you know, we talked about how they fix a guy's spine in a night, you know, that they don't, they don't share that. 
Yeah. But then they also don't take in refugees from other countries. And so, um, you know, that one of the characters, one of his advisors says, you know, you bring in the refugees, they bring their problems, and then we're like everybody else. Yeah. You know, so there is, um, that's the big question, is, is Wakanda in the right for being isolationist? Or do they have a responsibility to share what they have with the world? Um, and that's never actually addressed, I believe, in the movie. You know, that it's never actually addressed which one of these is correct. We see kind of extremes of that is all it's wrong to isolate yourselves at the cost of, you know, children and stuff like that. And like leaving, Mm. you know, your immigrants on their own and stuff like that. That's wrong. But it's also wrong, you know, to try and take over, you know, the world by sharing your technology. Um, Well, he was looking at taking over the world by force. By force. Yeah. Well, and even at one point he says that he's not even interested in taking over the world. He just wants them to hurt like he hurt, you know, that he didn't have his father. He just wants to upset the apple cart. Yeah, that he doesn't want want the order to be the way that it is. And um, T'Challa's answer to that is that he's going to, he's going to share, but it's going to be on their terms, you know, so not everything is going to be shared, which I'm sure people will have issues with, you know, that if it's, oh, you're this highly, you know, advanced nation, you have better weapons than we are, you know, we need to have those too because it's not fair if we don't have those, you know. Yeah. Um, or, like, we need to be able to control what you can do because we can't do that and stuff like that. So there's there's that political thing with it. Is that the one you're thinking of? Uh, yeah, and like I say, I didn't pay much attention to the to what was going on. I think there were people trying to make a racial issue out of the movie. That's the other issue in there. And I didn't see that. There were, I saw one time when, uh, T'Challa's sister calls the white guy a colonizer. And Mm -hmm. that probably comes the closest to being (laughs) a racist thing. And, and then the bad guys in the movie are, well, they're motivated a lot by racial, uh, by a desire for revenge over what they believe are racial crimes committed mm-hmm. against black people all over the world. And yeah. so there are some hints like that, but I think the good guys, the guys that you're supposed to be rooting for and learning from in the movie are not racist people and they don't have that kind of racial hatred going on or anything yeah. so and i i almost want to throw it in there i've seen i'm on a comic book chat group and i wrote my cool level down again but um somebody posted something about that if you want to get after killmonger for being upset about the way that his people have been treated then you also need to be upset with magneto being upset about how his people are being treated you yeah. know that you can't you can't do it. You know, you can't be like, oh, this guy's bad that he's, you know, my people need to rise up and, you know, overthrow and take control. Yeah. If you are going to turn around and say Magneto has good motivations. That's... Or reasonable, at least. Reasonable. Justifiable, yeah, justifiable yeah. motivations. Yeah. You can't do it. Um, but, yeah, I, there are, I don't know if it's as an explicit controversy or not, but um, this is, you know, primarily a black cast. Um, there's only, I think, two... Well, white guys that have any discernible part in this, mm-hmm. and one of them gets killed right away, and the other one is not even, like, 
I wouldn't even put him at sidekick level. Yeah. You no, know? he's more damsel in distress. Yeah, he's just a damsel. <laughs> yeah. You know? So it's a very uh, it's a very empowered movie, if yeah. you want to use that word. Yeah. Um, so some people, like I said, have been like, oh, well, people aren't going to relate to this and stuff like that. And that's been a lot of reasons for... Uh, the actors have said that executives haven't made movies like this. That they haven't made movies that are primarily this one thing. Which is kind of messed up because, while I'm saying this, we have all sorts of kung fu movies out there, you know, uh, that are, yeah. you know, primarily Asian. And we have, you know... Well, those we are all them. made in yeah. Asian countries. Yeah, right? but, like, we don't we do not do that here. The, you know, we do have some, like, I think... I don't know. There's there's stuff in there. There's stuff to be said. But um but I'm glad that they've they've done such a great job with this movie. Yeah. I'm glad that it's so successful. Yeah. I'm glad that, you know, uh the Black Panther is very regal and like, you know, great and stuff like that and as that, a cat should be. As a cat should be and you know, that the, his ladies are all, you know, and for it's just a great movie in general for empowerment stuff because these girls are kicking butt the whole movie through. Like he d- he takes off on his ice nap for however long, and these ladies like take over. So that was pretty cool to watch. Um, and then what else was it? Uh, and I liked I liked the difference between um, T'Challa and Killmonger. Mm-hmm. Kind of the two different representatives that you could get. You know. That, yeah. That they're both Wakandan. Yeah. But they're two different types of Wakanda. Well, but I think you carry that back to their dads, too. Mm -hmm. And the dads were very different as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. Right. Dylan, do you have anything? What's on your Uh, mind? I think uh, Killmonger was definitely driven to, obviously, by revenge. And not only that, but, like, he wanted to put his people on top. And not, not like, and he uh, said that he's not like including just the Wakandans, but the black community as a whole. So like all of them, and he wants to like put them on top, and he would do whatever it took to do that if that meant the world, you know, bringing putting the world at war by getting all this technology out there and putting them on top by doing so. Yeah. Yeah, he was a he was an angry young man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but you know, his dad was taken away from him. He lived in the projects, right? You know, he didn't have it so good. Really. Yeah. Well, and then I was uh, I was looking at some stuff after we watched it, and the at the beginning they give uh, it's a father telling the story of Wakanda to uh, his son. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And so someone's like, you know, you think it's T'Chaka and T'Challa, but T'Challa knows this already. So this is probably um, Killmonger and his dad that are being, that it's him hearing this story about it, you know? Maybe so, I hadn't thought about that. So it's it's another way, and I don't know for sure, one way or another, but, you know, that that's kind of an interesting thing to think about, that it could be the one father and son, but it could also be the other father and son at the same time. Yeah, interesting. So... Well, the thematic or worldview bit that has been tossing around in my mind, I think that within the fiction of the show, in the story that they were telling, the story was that Wakanda became super elevated in terms of wealth and technology based on 
natural they, resources. Natural resources. They happened to be the place where the vibranium meteor landed. And if and it was because of that, because they had access to this material that nobody else had, that that was why they advanced so quickly in technology and uh, and why they grew so wealthy. And to me, in the real world, it doesn't work that way. In the real world, just because you have resources doesn't mean you're going to do the right things with those resources. And specifically, we might point out that if you find a third world country anywhere in the world, it's generally sitting on land that is filled with natural resources. And <laughs> But usually there's a few people that control those. <laughs> that's right. It's not about the resources. And plus, since we're talking about worldview... Wakanda is a thoroughly pagan place, right? They're mm. worshiping ancestors, they're worshiping Animals. Uh, animal spirits, mm. and so pretty thoroughly pagan. And pagan societies do not technically innovate. I mean, they don't they don't invent stuff because the pagan worldview is focused on the past and generally believes that all of existence is cyclical. So no real progress can be made under in a pagan view of the world. It's only with the coming of biblical revelation that societies break out of that kind of myopic, cyclical view, the, the view that tells them that there's no real hope for progress. Mm -hmm. But biblical revelation comes in and suddenly, I think, it causes us... If we're reading it right and if we're paying attention, it should cause us to have a future orientation. And so Western civilization from the jump has been the kind that uh, that is confident that progress can be made because we live in an orderly world that God made with laws that we can learn how to live within yeah. and explore and that we have, in fact, been given a a mandate to take dominion over all the creation. And those are the ideas that have routinely set the stage, at least, for technological advancement. I'm not saying that everybody that makes a technological advance is a Christian, but I am saying that we live in, in Western civilization has had the privilege for several centuries of living uh, with... Uh, biblical worldview kind of in the background. Yeah. And and it's been the sort of thing, it doesn't take much biblical truth to come in there and transform everything. And, uh, and that's where historically technological advancement has come from. And if you're interested in reading more about this, uh, I'd recommend Dr. Gary North's book on uh, the first section of Exodus, it's a comparison of the religion of Moses and the religion of Pharaoh. I think, in fact, it's called Dominion Religion versus Power Religion. It goes very much into the uh, pagan worldview and the assumptions and the effect that this has on a society. And, and then also there's a more modern guy from India named uh, Vishal Mangalwadi. <laughs> and, uh, I said fast. that right. Here, I, I got it on the first try. You practiced? 
And he wrote a book called Truth and Transformation and another one called The Book That Changed Your World. And they're all about the fact that biblical revelation is really what has made Western society and why Western society has advanced while pagan cultures have remained kind of stuck in the mud. Mm-hmm. And he's from one of those pagan cultures and is able to kind of look from the outside into Western civilization and see, well, you guys have these underpinnings, these philosophical underpinnings that we never had. Yeah, that promote. And these have allowed you to advance. And so this idea that uh, just living in a world with rich natural resources is going to mean that you will advance technologically or, or that you will be creative and innovative just because you no that's that's not how that works uh this is all worldview stuff you ruined the movie for me oh well i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) well and that part is fantasy though i mean that is fiction The, the world just doesn't work that way yeah there are reasons why western men built an airplane, and pagans didn't do that. Because they had camels. It was sandy. It was easier. <laughs> Why build something that flies when we can just ride this thing? <laughs> totally get it. <laughs> right. And so that was the big worldview issue for me. And then I think Carmen hit on the other issue, and that is uh, in the whole question that the king faced about how much and whether or not Wakanda would share their technology with the world. He, remember there's kind of a dream sequence or he's in the astral plane. Mm. And, yeah. And he takes a very strong stand against all the ancestors that he worships. Well, the second time he does. Yeah. And he tells them, you've just been wrong all this time. Well, given his pagan upbringing and his pagan worldview, he, there's no reason why he should make that stand. Except Why for his would Avenger he, friends? <laughs> well, okay. The so he's, he's had, learned from So he's been rubbing up against people who have had the benefit of a more Western worldview. Yeah. But if you go back to the first sequence, his dad tells him, Ah, you must be the king because here you are talking to me. Right. Yeah. And you know, the whole thing about you're a good man. But I don't think a good man can be a good king. Yeah, that's that kind of a depressing view of yeah, the world. Yeah, that, you know, yeah. you, can't, you can't do both of those things. And, yeah. of course, you know, the son's like, uh, what? <laughs> Aren't you <laughs> a like, good what? man, you know? And so uh, that whole compartmentalizing all these things that if I'm in this area, then I, I have to be ruthless or I have to be this. And, and, you know, he's saying you can be a good man and do all do of it. Do the right thing. Yeah. All the time. And that's yeah. before he even knew what his dad had done. But, yeah. you know, that's a, that's really relevant to our society. Because everybody wants to say they're a good person and yet do... Bad things. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> Whenever it's, you know, yeah. needed. And when you want to get political with it, you know, that that's a thing now is that, oh, I'm a Christian, but I don't let that, you know, affect how yeah. I how That I doesn't affect me. Yeah, yeah. That, doesn't, really? that doesn't change anything. <laughs> well, that's nice. Well... <laughs> Let's talk I about can verify this. that my Christian faith has never affected me at all. Yeah, my, my political decisions, <laughs> how I think, how I live, mm-hmm. and you're a, call yourself a Christian. Yeah, yeah. It's like oh, so okay. Dylan, you got anything? What do you want to add to this? Um, 
think that, like what you were saying when uh, T'Challa was in the, whatever, the astral plane, wherever he was, you know, he definitely had a, you know, a change of heart about that whole situation. But, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't really know how to add to that. I think you, you, you hit the nail on the head and that there's no reason why he should have a change of heart, you know? Yeah, right, right. Well, but then, I, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't have anything to add. I think that was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got it in one shot. All right. Yeah. I pronounced the guy's name right, and then I explained that <laughs> Remembered the book titles. Uh, there you go. But even at the end of the movie, when he's going back to California and he says, you know, his sister's with him, he's like, what are we doing here? What's this about? And he said, well, this is the place where it all happened. And, yeah. you know, he's, she's like, oh, it's condemned now. And he said, well, I bought this building, and I bought this building, and I bought that building. And you really see an act of redemption with what he's doing and going back and getting these places that were um, horrible places where his uncle was killed, where his cousin was brought up terribly to to hate people around him and to go in and change those things to say, well, this is going to be the first place that we, the first place Mm -hmm. that we have an outreach center. And we're going to, this is what we're going to try to do to change things and to make an impact in a positive way. And so I think that's really powerful, too. Yeah, there's something there in that he definitely disagreed with his father's actions there. Mm. And if he had been the one there, he would not have done what his father did. I'm pretty confident of that. And yet, he still felt like he needed to take some responsibility. Mm-hmm. And, and Reminds me of a sermon I've heard. <laughs> what? <laughs> Pastor, you might possibly know... <laughs> Well, just about, you live in a community, and you're a part of the sins of that community, even if they might not be your own personal sins, that there's still a connection with you because that's where you are, and that's a part of who you are. Yeah, and you're related by covenant. And and frankly, if you you disagree with, with what your covenant community is doing, then it's on you to separate yourself from their sins in, in terms of you need to make sure that everybody around, including God, sees that you do not agree with the mm-hmm. bad way these things have been done or they're being done. And so you have to, you have to actually take steps and, and take action. Mm-hmm. And in that, in that sense, I felt like that's what Black Panther was doing because he, like I say, he didn't agree with what his dad has done, mm-hmm. but he takes it upon himself to... He can't fix it. He can't bring back the dead people or undo the bad that's been done. But he is taking some action to try to bring healing and yeah. and try to help. Well, and then that that Killmonger's uh, Eric's idea of how to fix the you know the racial relations and stuff is that people need to be overthrown and stuff like that. Right. That T'Challa's isn't that we need to we need to depose these people. Is that we need to rise up and we need to you know. Take some responsibility. Take some responsibility. Yeah. We need to help each other. And uh, talking about what you guys were saying in the community thing, when he goes and says, you know, Wakanda's going to share with you what we have, that he also says something in there about um, that they need to treat, that it's time that we all treat each other like brothers and sisters. So it's not just that he's seeing, you know, these poor, impoverished people in, you know, California and New in York specific and all that, communities, specific yeah. communities and specific groups. But that he's saying in a more global sense that we do have a responsibility for 
kind of one of your neighbor for your neighbor, you yeah. know, and that's kind of, and, and that is part of the thing that makes me think that people that say that this is a racist movie or something like that. I'm like, you're not paying not, attention. Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> you're not listening. <laughs> they literally say it and you're not paying attention. <laughs> yeah. Well, those are people with agendas. Yeah. Yeah. You know, on both sides. Right. I think I've seen more folks on the right freak out about this movie than mm-hmm. on the left. And, of course, the right is, any more these days, the right is just as pagan and ridiculous as the left is. Yeah. Well, and there's there's all sorts of uh, scholarly stuff that goes into uh, issues with how uh, black people are seen and portrayed in film. In life. In life, <laughs> you know, uh, based on, like, a, I can't remember the term, but, like, the uh, social perception, the way mm-hmm. that there's, they, you expect them to behave the way that they're socially expected to behave by general culture and their own culture, you know, that there's there's a lot of issues that go into it. And I, I really do think that this movie touched on, like, all those different ways, you know, that we had the American, and then we had this really royal ki- regal king, and we had, like, the smart little, like, teenage girl, and we had the mom, and these senators, and the guy who betrays his buddy, but mm-hmm. then the guy who, you know, is like, ah... You know, I won't feed you to my children, you know, and he comes yeah. back and he helps them. But there's there's a lot of very different and varied characters here. And they're all, I think they're all done, me personally, TM, um, I think that they're all done very differently. And they're also given equal amount of uh, thought and care into it. We don't have a lot of, like, stereotypical yeah. stuff going on in this movie, which I think is really nice. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Did anybody else get the irony that when in the ideological struggle that was represented between Black Panther and Killmonger, the irony is that the actual historical Black Panther organization would be on Killmonger's side? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Irony. There's all sorts of stuff in there. Chock full. Yeah. All right, anybody else got anything? You want to know some trivia? Trivia, yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So M'Baku, the mountain guy, Uh and uh, Nakia, Mm, they're both uh, historically bad guys. Oh, really? Yes, that Nakia is called Malice, (laughs) and uh, M'Baku is Man-Ape, which is why they have that gorilla thing. Yeah, so they Um, make all the crazy... Yeah, the hooting noises. Mm -hmm. Um, And Malice... uh, in the original, Nakia is not loved by Black Panther. That's a thing that they kind of twisted for this. Um, she's an enemy of his, and <laughs> she, he does not like her at all. Whereas in this one, he's like, ah, oh, hi, you know. <laughs> he froze. And then um, M'Baku is, you know, like he said, he's man-ape. He's a bad guy. Mm-hmm. But they uh, kind of cut the gimmick a little bit because they didn't want the racial yeah. stuff with that. Mm-hmm. But I still think I think Mbaku's really cool in this movie yeah. anyway. So it's yeah. hinted at. I mean, he looks like a jerk to begin yeah. with, but and then um, Killmonger's suit when it does like the zoom in and stuff like that, that it's got like a leopard spot print on it, mm-hmm. is because the comic book Killmonger had a uh, a leopard that he had a pet giant cat that went around with him. And... It was a leopard and not a panther. Yeah, well, and the whole Black Panther thing is actually kind of. A thing because there are, it's, it's a melanism thing and other big cats that you can have 
panthers, black panthers, quotation mm -hmm. marks, they're actually other cats. It's just that they're all black. Interesting. Yeah, black panthers are usually leopards or jaguars. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So there's your trivia for this movie. Man, I'm smarter now. Golly. All right. We've got to have trivia for all our movies now. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right. Well, let's wrap it up. Dylan, you got any final thoughts? Just around yeah. the corner. Hey, did there you see all go. the trailers for like Venom and Ant Man and Wasp? I've seen the trailer for both those. Yeah, I'm hyped for Venom. <laughs> what is with that? <laughs> Tune in next time. <laughs> so they're making a whole movie about a villain. A, a confused guy. Let's say they, they made a movie for Deadpool and they're making another one. What'd you say, Dylan? Spider Man is rumored to be in it. Yeah. Spider-Man and Venom are supposed to be fighting Carnage, which I'm kind of disappointed with, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> what? Um, Carnage? I Venom just, and Spider-Man? I Spider would be surprised if you didn't have Spider-Man show up, at least do, like, a hey, what's up, you know, in the <laughs> He's Venom. He's just a right. kid. He's got to. He's got to. You've got to do it. Yeah, but. probably so. All right. Well, y'all, let's get out of here. Thank you to our guest, uh, our guest superhero correspondent, Dylan Sanchez, <laughs> heading off... Shortly into the United States Navy. What? Good luck, young man. Ocean. Go with God out there on the high seas. Hope you like it more than I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> it's an endorsing <laughs> I, wish I, there. I gave him the straight scoop before y'all got here. I was I was just filling him in. I'm sure you were. <laughs> All righty. Well, y'all take care out there. Go out and dominionize, and we'll see you next week. Everybody get on the rhino. <laughs> bye. Bye. You got to say bye, Dylan. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Worldview Media Podcast. Please visit reconstructionistradio.com to check out the other podcasts in our network and to download our free audiobooks. <laughs> <laughs>